What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of In the Nick of Time. I am your host Nikki and I believe time is something we should not waste. So let's get right into it. Guys, I'm not a preacher, but this is a spiritual podcast. So that is my reasoning for making sure that I say what the Lord says. And what the Lord puts on my heart to say to to the listeners. The people that listen to this podcast. I want you to be blessed spiritually. Because God wants you to be blessed spiritually. I hope you all had a great week. But. Church is not the answer. That's what I have been talking about. I said. In last week's episode, this is not a series. This is not something that eventually I'm going to stop talking about. I I, I am on a journey myself with figuring out. Because I, I am a part of the Church of Christ. And I hear... Most pastors in the Church of Christ, they say we are the right church. Now, Christ wants an unblemished church. Now, last week I talked about debt. And really, it was me trying to really just reiterate to people that Jesus Christ paid a debt that we can never repay. He 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 paid a price that we owe right to this day and we can never repay that debt. And when I say church is not the answer, I want to make sure that I'm clear that I'm not telling you to not attend worship service. I am basically wanting us to look with inside of ourselves, do some soul searching, and really try to figure out, you know, our purpose here on earth. And that's what I'm really, you know, getting at when I say church is not the answer. The church the very foundation that Jesus built his church on, the very being that he gave his life for. And I said being because when when that building that we go to come together in fellowship, when we're not in that building, it's empty. So, the church is us. So, what church did Jesus die for? And why is this even a discussion amongst believers? Why are there so many denominations? And what does this have to do with our life here on earth? Well, I'll break it down in this sense. We see the gun violence and we look at it and it's sad and we, we, we get frustrated every day because little kids are being shot, you know, 
older people are being gunned down. You know, gun violence is just, it's just awful. And when we talk about church is not the answer, God hates people who love violence. And, and that's the thing. I'm not a preacher, but I love to show proof. Because we look at the desolence. We look at everything that's going on in this world. And, it's, and we're wondering, what is wrong? Now, I said something about gun violence. I mentioned gun violence. Now, Psalms 11 and 5 says this. Because I said God hates those who love violence. The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence, his soul hates. You know how deep that goes? He, it says his soul hates those who love violence. And what about the coronavirus, the monkeypox? What does God say he would do for those who trust in him in time of sickness and disease? Again, I want you to hear what he has to say. I don't want to give you my opinion. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not someone who wants you to listen to me. I don't want you to go away saying what I said. I want you to go away saying the Lord says. Now, we read Psalms 91. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the, the perilous pestilence. So, I looked up pestilence. And it was, it was basically... A plague, like a bubonic plague. So he he, Psalms ninety one, and verse number three says, "Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, and from the perilous pestilence." But it says he said first, "I will trust in him." So church is not the answer if we don't trust God. Church is not the answer if we. Love violence. If I go to a worship service and I fellowship with other believers, but I can come out and I'm willing to fight with anybody and it leads to violence, that's not the church that, that Jesus is returning for. Those are, it says his soul hates people who love violence. And those who trust in him, he said he will keep you from the snare of the fowler and from the, per the perilous pestilence. So I want you to hear what he says, not just what I say. And this is not reduced to our traditional attendance. Again, the worship service, I'm not telling you not to attend worship service on Sunday. I'm not telling you that. I will continue to reiterate that. I just want 
my listeners to leave knowing that we have hope. I want my listeners to know that this is not all there is. And while we're waiting on man to change something or stop something or create something to bring about this utopia that we want, we have to look within ourselves. And I'll talk about that a little, a little bit later. What about police brutality and racism? We talk about those things, but there are scriptures who, who, that, that tells us to sub, be, sub, be subject to authority and authorities that God has put in place. But how do we subject ourselves to an, an entity that would allow gay rights to trump human rights? No pun intended with the trump. But you allow gay rights to take precedence over human rights. You want to compare gay rights to what what black people go through on a on a on a on a daily basis with the inequality God did God created us so we have no choice but to be black or dark skinned or whatever complexion we are but you have a choice to do something that God tells you not to do you choose to be gay you choose to pick up a gun and take a life. You choose to fight the police. You choose to be angry and go at every situation. And you're emotional when you go into that situation. When we deal with the police, we're emotional. And we're not, I'm not giving them a pass. But we have to listen to God. We have to do what God says do. How do we get behind an organization that will support the rights of a woman killing her unborn baby? Now I talked about the situation of abortion. If you can go back and listen to one of my uh, one of my episodes on that, but we have to look at yes, we 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 show respect, but the the government is not our savior. The government is not how we. Will be able to navigate this life and live in peace with one another because we always find a way to even go against the laws that the government has put in place. So the government is not our savior, and I and and. We really have to think. stop thinking that everything is about us. God simply wants us to obey Him. 
and the authority that he put in place. When you when you think about it, there are rules and regulations everywhere. And that's for a reason. We we as Christians we should want to do what's right because that's where a lot of our stressors come from. Because we know right from wrong, but we make bad choices. And when we make those bad choices, we're really not ready to deal with the consequences. And we may say for the women, this is my body. Okay, that may be true. But... When we're, when we're doing what we want to do, it's okay until the consequences come. We, we may fornicate, and then when the baby comes, now we got to make a decision. And, it, and we're, we're, we're rationalizing and trying to say to ourselves, well, I, we're not ready for a baby. But you were ready to do something that you know could potentially bring about the decisions on whether you would have a baby or not. Now, like I said, I said it, I said it in, in the episode that I did on abortion. What about if you were raped? I still say, when we talk about God. And we question God and his love. Your love is for that child. And that child did not ask for that. So when you have the love of God. And we question God. We question God. We say, where is God when all of this and that is going on? Well, we have to question ourselves. What do I do every day? What is my attitude like every day? Who am I every day? How do I treat everybody on a regular basis? Am I the type of person that I repay evil for evil? Do I want people to feel my wrath? Well, our wrath means nothing. Our wrath means nothing. It's no good. And like I said, once again, you don't have to believe me. But hopefully, and, 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 by, the, and, and by the grace of God, you believe what God says. Now, what does God say about our wrath? What does he say about our wrath? Well, let's listen to what he says about our wrath. He says, in James chapter 1, 19 through 21. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. 
and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So when we're when we're dealing with police brutality, racism, gun violence, our emotions cannot take over. And and I want to read something else about our wrath. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, when it comes to racism, it and, and the scriptures don't put the word racism in there. And they don't put the word police brutality in there. Because the police is a government entity that was put in place to protect and serve. And I agree. A lot of them are out of place. The government is out of place. <clears throat> but God said, but Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5 verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So he's telling us how to be perfect. He's telling us how to be that unblemished church. Learn how not overlook. You're not overlooking what people do when they do wrong. You're learning how to be more like Christ so that you can have peace. Because no matter what somebody else is doing, if you always react off of your emotions, they're taking and stealing your peace and your joy. Now he mentioned prayer. That's the last thing that we that I want to talk about. That we got to think about. When we're talking about the church. In 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 1 and 2. It reads like this. He said to Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. Therefore I exhort you first of all. The supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lend, lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. So when we're talking about the church, that's the church. Let's look at how Jesus lived his life. I want to give you a couple of scriptures. Luke chapter 6 and 12. It was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray. And he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Mark 1.35. Mark in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, 
left the house and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Luke chapter 5 and verse 16. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness. To the wilderness and pray. So guys, the church that Jesus died for loves him and loves their neighbors. Not to sound cliche, but our worship rituals mean nothing without love. So guys, let's get into the no cap spill of the no cap spill segment of my podcast. And I want to talk about something that even I deal with sometimes. You know, not just, we always talk about authenticity and being true to ourselves. And I think when I look at that, I feel like we're, it's a lot of us that we're not true to ourselves. I think we run with the crowd. I think we, we want to ride with the majority. You know, we feel like that's keeping the peace. But I think sometimes we, we don't have peace because we we wanna we wanna try to keep the peace with people that they're not even at peace in their own life. You know, we, we can roll with the world, but the world is not at peace. Being yourself and I'm gonna use to help us a little bit. 1 Samuel 16 and 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his statue, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So when you're being authentic, you're being true to yourself. That means... You're being honest on what's, what, what's inside of you. A lot of times when we're not being honest, that's why we explode. That's why we, you know, get into a fit of rage sometimes. Because we let things build up. Because we're trying to tell ourselves it's okay. But inside, you know, we're, we're upset. And we're hurt. And we're hurt by people. And we're not able to be honest about it a lot of times. <clears throat> and that hurts us more than anything. You're not, you're not keeping peace if you just say nothing sometimes. Sometimes it's not even about whether you're going to argue or not. We just have to be able to be honest. This bothers me. But one thing with me, one thing with me, I feel like. I want to get to a place where I learn how to communicate when I'm upset. Because a lot of times when when I get upset, I have to step back for a minute. But I have to be able to, when I step back, be able to come back and tell whoever's hurt me that they hurt me. Because a lot of times I don't do that. I just get upset and then I try to find a way to get over it. And then those things just manifest into something bigger and something deeper. And we get angrier and we get more and more upset. And by the time 
it's by the time you tell that person that they've hurt you, you you end up having to apologize yourself because you're so angry and you're so upset. So being yourself, I don't think it's just about, oh, I speak my mind and this is just me and and not even wanting to take accountability for when you're wrong. I think it's very important to still say, hey, I don't have to address this situation like this. And I feel like a lot of us are not being ourselves when we when we want to do the right thing. We let peer pressure and the majority rule all the time. Sometimes you have to pull away from people, even if you feel like they're good, they're good people. Sometimes you have to pull away so that you can find yourself. And if it's meant for that relationship to continue, then it will continue. But you don't, but being yourself is not just, hey, I tell people, you know, how I feel. But when do you tell them? And how do you communicate your feelings? Is it when something has a fit of rage has built up and you explode? Or is it when you just able to come to them and say, hey, we need to talk? Hey, I want to express this to you because, and I'm talking about me too. This is, this is helping me as well because I feel like, you know, I want what's inside of me to come out. I don't want to be this person that's smiling on the outside and inside I'm dying and I'm, 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 I'm hurting at every because that's when the stress builds up. That's when you start to feel sick. That's when you start to get depressed. When you're not able to be yourself. Because God, God said he looks on the heart. He looks on the heart. So I don't want to smile at you. And inside. You know, I'm hurting or I really want to scream. Sometimes we may have to go somewhere and scream, you know, because I think that's a lot of where our mental breakdown happens. Because a lot of things that we do, we don't understand how it causes brain damage, diabetes, high blood pressure. And we do those things sometimes not even knowing that we're doing them. We just do it because it's become normal. You know, and I was uh, doing a little bit of research. And it was saying when you're negative and you're complaining, the brain registers that. So that the next time it, it will become something that the brain registers for you to do. 
And it was like you even have to get away from around people. And that's the work that I've got to do, you know, just being around people that's complaining all the time. And because you can't tell them what to do. And I think I'm going to have to break away from people myself that complain a lot. Just when they complain, just walk away. Not being mean, but walk away because that becomes part of you. And, and and part of what's in you, you start to complain. And I want to end my podcast with a poem. And it's a poem that I wrote. It's entitled, My Child. And it's like, it goes like this. I have done all that I can for you. My love for you has no bounds. I want you to have it all. If I can help it, I will always catch you when you fall. I have have equipped you for the battle. I have held back nothing from you. I gave you my best, not because I had to, but because I love you. There is nothing I won't do for you, even die. I want you to have peace so much that I promise you will receive it when your thoughts are centered on me. When you cry, I will wipe your tears. When you are afraid, don't be. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You are mine, no matter how old you get. I will carry you in my arms, not as a baby, but to care for you. Those who are wandering in the world and are being torn apart as though in the wild, it is not my fault. I will always take care of you because you are my child. So, guys... Know that, first of all, God loves you, and I love you, and God may not be there when you want him, but he'll be there in the nick of time. So, guys, until the next time, God bless you. I pray that you reprogram your thinking, recover the life that the devil tries to take from you each and every day, and let's live life and not lifestyle. Love you guys. Till next time, Lord's willing, same place, same time. Love you.